You're listening to Zeidler Group's Legal Zeitgeist podcast, the funds law podcast series that helps asset management firms reevaluate and revolutionize their current approach to investment funds law with the latest technology, legal and regulatory compliance insights, and best practices. Hi, I'm today's host, Kunal Grover, Head of Business Development at the Zeidler Group. I'm joined by my colleague, Robert Boyle, Head of the Dublin office. Robert, great to have you on the podcast today. I thought it would be a good uh, opportunity to talk about Brexit and what it's meant for UK managers and what experience has been, what we've seen, what are some of the open questions, ongoing challenges uh, due to Brexit. Uh, I think my first question would be to sort of get an overview of what UK managers have done in the run-up to Brexit, what were the different solutions that they had found to post-Brexit challenges in the EU27? So there are probably four or five broad approaches that we saw UK managers take in the run-up to Brexit. The first approach to allow UK managers to continue to market their funds within the EEA was to establish a presence in the EEA themselves. And this approach would have been common among, let's say, larger institutional asset managers who might have set up their own MIFID-regulated uh, firm in an EU member state and then passported the permissions of that firm all around the EU to the countries where they want to market their funds. Indeed, some UK managers may even have set up a, a usage management company in Ireland or Luxembourg, and then that would have the advantage of you, you could manage your funds from Ireland or Luxembourg and not appoint a third-party management company. So that's probably the what you might call the, the nuclear option or the full approach, which might have been taken largely by institutional or large asset managers. The second option would be to set up an EU office, but for that office to be a tied agent of a MIFID firm. There are dedicated service providers out there in the EU who offer to act as principal for tied agents. The way this model works is that you might set up an office in an EU country with one or two employees. That office is a, is a tied agent of a principal who's a MIFID firm. And then that MIFID firm has passported its permissions all across the EU and EEA, and then that allows the tied agent to rely on those permissions and passports to continue marketing the UK investment managers' funds in the European Union. I guess the third approach we've seen is to re-examine in detail the regulatory perimeter in each country and figure out, well, are we actually carrying out regulated activity in each country where we market the funds? So by regulatory perimeter, I mean the line that divides regulated activities from non-regulated activities. And in some EEA countries, when you do normal fund marketing and even client servicing activities, you may not cross that line into carrying out regulated activities. So by way of example, I think the Netherlands is quite probably a good example where the regulated activities that are defined quite narrowly, and that means so that if you didn't 
for example, provide investment advice to a client and didn't carry out reception transmission of orders. Rather, if you're just talking to clients about your funds and maybe providing them with fund marketing materials, by doing those activities, you're not, not actually carrying out a regulated activity in the Netherlands. So that's a possible approach if you're willing to go and take country by country specific advice and you're probably only approaching a small number of countries. And then the final thing we've seen UK managers do is to do nothing. And they may simply decide that it's not worth their while investing in a a marketing compliance solution because they the EU is not a significant enough market for them. And that's, I guess, in a nutshell, the, the four approaches we've seen. It's been interesting to see the different approaches to this problem. Robert, what I wanted to ask you as well is, there's been a lot of talk of the TPR in the UK that allowed you know EU funds and EU managers to continue some of the activities albeit for a limited time period. To a large level, there has been no reciprocation from the EU27. So I know there have been some limited TPR schemes, but no widespread TPR scheme. And for uh, UK managers, now that Brexit's happened and they can no longer take uh, take advantage of the USITS or A-Passport, how do you actually go ahead and register your product for distribution? How does that work now? So the products that are typically marketed by UK investment managers into the EU are themselves typically EU products, by me, by which I mean they are a USITS domiciled in Ireland or Luxembourg, or maybe an AIF domiciled in Luxembourg. So the, the process of registering those funds for marketing as products hasn't changed per se. It's, it's the same as it ever was because we're dealing with an EU an EU fund being marketed in the EU and it can avail of the passport. I guess we have seen some very limited cases where we have seen UK funds being marketed or continue to be marketed into the EU and EEA, but that is possible, absolutely. Perhaps what you're getting at there is the so-called MPPRs or Article 42 registrations. So this is where each member state in the EEA has the option to allow managers from non-EEA jurisdictions to market funds in their territory. And now that the UK is a non-EEA jurisdiction, it is possible for UK managers to avail of that route. The requirements vary a lot by member state. So An example of an easy member state would be the Netherlands, where it's a simple notification requirement. To take an example of a a difficult member state, but achievable, would be Germany, where Germany has gold-plated the relevant provisions of AIFMD, and it requires the appointment of a depository light for any fund that you wish to market in Germany under the MPPR. So there's a variety of of different regimes depending on the member state you wish to address. There's some member states which are simply impossible, which would be France and Austria and Italy, for example. Spain is also practically impossible, whereas the Nordics, that's Denmark, Sweden, Finland, 
they're all very doable, along with Norway. And the Benelux countries are also quite possible, as is Germany's difficult but achievable. Uh, what about retail investors? Is there any way that UK funds could be registered to be offered to retail investors in these jurisdictions? Short answer is no. There's some very limited exceptions to that. One exception we're aware of is Norway, where it is actually possible to register a UK open-ended investment company for marketing to retail. And just my last question, I mean, there's been some talk, I think it was late last year, about the whole delegation model and, you know, delegating certain functions to uh, non-EEA jurisdictions. And obviously the UK is no longer an EEA jurisdiction. There's been a lot of uh, talk about the portfolio management side uh, side of things, because uh, obviously I think one of the great models for Luxembourg and Dublin is that they can delegate portfolio management to hubs such as London, New York, uh, Hong Kong. And there, there has been some talk about that potentially being limited or even stopped. Any thoughts on that point? I mean, for me personally, I can say that um, I would find that very strange because I think the whole model of Luxembourg at Dublin has been based on the ability to delegate functions such as portfolio management to these hubs might impact the success of these two hubs if um, you know that were restricted in any sort of way. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Canal. It's, I would say it, it is just to talk at this stage. There's no hard concrete proposal to do that in other words to restrict delegation of portfolio management and uh, as you say if such a proposal were, were to come i think it would meet very substantial political op- opposition from luxembourg and ireland who would whose business model essentially would be very much damaged by any restriction on portfolio management there's also I think a strong argument to be made that's not in the best interest of EU investors, that EU investors should have access to the best portfolio managers. And those portfolio managers are often located in world financial hubs, which are London, New York, Singapore, Hong Kong, and not necessarily within the EU. So such a restriction could have really quite negative consequences for EU investors. That makes total sense. And uh, let's see, we'll obviously be monitoring any developments on that front, but I would certainly find it strange if there were any further developments on that topic. Robert, I'd just like to thank you for your time. It was great chatting with you. Most welcome. Thank you, Kanal. It was nice to talk to you. You reached the end of another episode of the Legal Zeitgeist podcast. Connect with us at zeidler.group to subscribe. Thank you for listening. The Legal Zeitgeist podcast is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute legal advice. Professional legal advice should be obtained before taking or refraining from any action as a result of the contents of this podcast. All rights reserved.